When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me tell you, you know, I don't know about what others said, but singing sabotage music isn't fucking easy. Okay? It's not easy. And I just blew my, I blew my, I was the last show of the streets tour. I was spitting blood off the side of the stage. Okay? Uh, That's how bad it was. And I went to a doctor after I made it through that last show. I think it was in North Carolina. Or and I went to my doctor and my doctor said, look, man, okay, you have nodes, whatever those things are called, nodes and all this shit. It's like, you need to take some time off. And I'm like, I can't take it. But then Paul said to me, he goes, look, John, why don't we do this? Why don't you take a year or so off and work with me on this Romanoff project and we'll get a, a new singer that's different than you, that's more commercial. So I'm the one who picked Zach. We had tons of demo tapes. I picked Zach because I didn't want to pick somebody that sounded like me mm-hmm. or was trying to sound like me because I thought that's impossible. You know, you're not, we're not going to, I don't want that. So we picked Zach because I was like, wow, well, here's a guy with a really cool, smooth voice. Let's write an album based around his voice, which we did with Edge of Thorns. Now, I was very involved with Edge of Thorns. I mean, I wrote all the music with, with Paul and Chris, and, and we wrote the music especially for Zach's voice. You know, and I was very happy with it, you know, and the very last song that the three of us ever wrote together was All That I Bleed. But, you know, anyways, uh, Edge of Thorns to me was Chris Oliva at his high point as far as guitar playing. Yeah. You know, he was, he totally ruled that album. Was Atlantic kind of concerned with uh, with the singer change? What, what was the record label's thought? Well, no, they were like, okay, well, because, you know, they were always uh, very interested in me and Paul working on this, like, it was supposed to be like a Broadway thing. And they were like, cool with that, because Zach, you know, let's face it, uh, Zach had a very much more commercial voice than I had. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very rough. You know, my, my singing was kind of like, Stabbing yourself in the ear with a screwdriver. <laughs> but it's awesome. But it's awesome. But Zach, you know, Edge of Thorns, the song Edge of Thorns made the top 40. Right. You know, and Sleep was a great song. And I was like, well, this is cool because now I can write music for somebody that doesn't try to sound like me or doesn't, you know. And it was cool because I had already done how many albums, you know, eight, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. I was like, well, this is a different thing. And then Paul and I can work on this other thing, you know. Being a longtime player in the band and one quarter owner of the the band Sabotage, 
you know, you show up to practice and then somebody introduces your new singer. Oh, hey, this is Zach, your new singer. Kind of like, huh? Wow. You know? So it was kind of a surprise. I mean, Zach is a great, great individual, great, great singer. But at that time, it just wasn't feeling the same to me. Uh I mean, because John was the voice of Sabotage. Right. And, you know, Zach was kind of a little bit more, I don't know, I guess poppy sounded, if you will. Uh And so it was kind of like, at that time, I had a business going. I came off the road, and I started a business, and I was doing very well. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll do the album, but do I want a tour? You know, I'm making X amount a week, and they're going to pay me Y, and like... You know, this didn't make sense to me at the time monetarily. And so I chose not to tour on um, Edge of Thorns for that reason, just because I was making, you know, good jack. Do you play electronic kit on that album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Kill Pad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds good. And once again, man, I, I freaking love Edge of Thorns. I was, like I said, I was into Sabotage before, obviously, so I was kind of unsure, you know, because you're right, he is the voice of Sabotage. But, man... I, I love Zach Stevens' voice. I, I think it's sure, a great album. Sure. I, I don't know. I mean, again, in my mind, my heart, Sabotage will always be Chris, John, Johnny, and myself. To me, that's like the band. To me, it's like mm-hmm. when I look at them and watch them now, they're kind of a cover band to me. Like, right. I don't know. That's just my personal feeling. Well, I was actually playing in a band called Wicked Witch up in Boston at the time, actually with Jeff Plate, who went on to become the drummer in Sabotage after Doc Wackles uh, took a back seat. In 92, they were just listening to demos because John said, well, I'm going to take a break from singing for a while and do the producing thing and kind of let Chris Oliva take the reins and, you know, run the band for a little bit. So he was all about getting a new singer. And I think I basically got lucky because my demo was the only one where, where you had a singer who's not trying to sound like John. And it actually worked in my favor. All the demos, they said they came in and everybody's just like screaming, trying to have that John sound. Yet here comes mine. It had nothing to do with it. And they were like, hmm. And Paul O'Neill's like, I think I'd probably work with this guy. So I just got really, it's you know, some talent involved, but still a lot of luck too. So Paul called me to come visit him in his apartment in Queens, New York. And I had, I took a, I just got a rental and drove like the four hours from Boston to New York. Uh, and just kind of sat there on his couch while he played acoustic guitar and says, hey, can you sing this? He he might do anything. He played a little bit of Bad Company, a little bit of Beatles, I mean, all over the place. And just said, hey, just uh, sing, you know, whatever song. And I said, yeah, and just kind of sang. And he goes, hey, that's pretty good. So I think that went good, and he called me down to do it again maybe about a month later. And that was all during 90, early part of 92. And then... He said, he gave me a call and said, well, everybody likes you and stuff, so why don't you come down and, you know, go head down to Tampa. You can, we'll put you up in the hotel for a little bit so you can get a place and everything. But, you know, if you're interested in being the band, it's, you know, you can come on down and work with us. And I was like, I, you know, I started following Sabotage like in 86 on the Power of the Night album. So I was like, this is unreal. So he goes, we're going to be writing all the stuff for this new record. And that was Edge of Thorns. But, you know, one thing led to another. And here we go recording and had a single. Edge of Thorns, the most played single in Sabotage history. I think we had something like over 500 spins at 
something like 70-something rock stations across America in 93. They played the single for six months. It takes like six months to have 500 spins, <laughs> like a duration of a single. It was like, it was, it set a couple of records on its own, you know. Um, so, it, you know, and Edge of Thorns was the highest selling album and, you know, some good luck and perseverance and just the will to to rock, you know.